Blog Talk Radio. I want to welcome in those Cleveland Indians fans because right now it's not looking good. It's the bottom of the fifth inning, and then the Indians are down five to one. So those Indian fans who love our show, we would like to just say welcome. Sorry, Bo's going on right now in Wrigley Field, but yes, you can smile for the next forty-five minutes because it is the Nick and Chuck Pro Football Talk Show. My man Chuck, what's going on, man? Uh, not too much. Just maxing and relaxing, like uh, Fresh Prince used to say, man. And like you just you brought you brought up that baseball. You know, Nick, we we ain't the biggest fans of baseball. We have our little teams we like, you know, respective teams we like. But overall, you know, we think that we think that game is boring as hell to watch. It's fun to play. It's fun to play, but it's boring as hell to watch. And they got too many damn games. 162 regular season games, not, not to mention the playoffs. In the current World Series, but right now, like you said, Nick, you got two teams that ain't seen the championship in decades <laughs> battling out. The city of Cleveland already got them one championship this year. They looking for that. They looking for that second championship. And right now, I ain't looking too good because in baseball, you ain't got no three point. You ain't got no three point shooter. You ain't got no three point line. So it's a long way to go. For those, would you say it's five one? So they need four runs. Just tie yep. it up. That's a mm-hmm. long way to go. And you know, if they get people on base, you know them Cubs is bringing in everybody off the bench. Oh, you threw a ball, get out. Next, next guy here. Oh, you threw a ball, next guy here. You know they gonna do everything they can to get them strikes and to get them ground balls and to get them double, triple plays and get the game over with, man. So, like you said, Nick. Them Cleveland Indian fans, they might be, all right, I can't watch it. I can't watch the rest of this. So come on, tune in to the Nicky Chuck Show, and we're going to turn that frown upside down. And just a quick World Series update. The Indians did score two runs in the bottom of the fifth inning, and right now the score, as they're going into the sixth inning, it is five to three Cubs. So there's a little bit of hope. Oh, a little bit of hope oh see, this, this is a new development. This is a new development. This totally changed the game, man. I mean, they ain't got no three-point shooter, but it's only two runs, man. Two runs ain't nothing. That's that's one home run and a, a, a single stolen base in a, in a single. You mean? So, you know, so now it's a ball game. It was a little yeah. different when it was five one, and you know. But to be honest, that's one of the good things about baseball. I know we talk bad about all other sports except for football, and the other sports don't really deserve that except for soccer because that's the worst sport ever invented. And man, you just run around kicking the damn ball. Anyway, well, I won't get into that. But all these other sports, man, they they. You know, we got love and respect for them, but you know, we gotta play with them sometimes. But that's the great thing about baseball, man, is that. 
you know, it could change. Um, you know, just that five to one and three to five, it's, it's a totally different game at this point, and there's a lot of strategy going into it. But we're here to talk about football, Nick, but enough about that baseball and World Series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just want to give a big up to the European Soccer League. I do like that European Soccer League. Ah, my boy boom. my boy Wayne Rooney, man, getting a little long in the tooth. He's boom. on the bench right now, man. But I like Manchester uh, United. I like uh, Liverpool. I like a few of those teams over there. So for my Le- London, my uh, my England fans, UK fans, Scotland fans, uh, uh, Italian fans, whatever. <laughs> All my fans around the world. I know my man Chuck can't stay in that soccer bag. Hey, I tune in yeah, to a couple let, of Euro, European league games, man. They're pretty fun to watch, man. But let me ask you, I mean, they're fun to watch in person or on television? I put a little bit both, man. They're, they're a little bit exciting. I mean, like me, I followed uh, European soccer league for years now. Um, I do know quite a few players. I don't watch them on a consistent basis, but, like, if I'm in the bar – and let's just say football season or with nothing else on or anything, and they got they have a uh, uh, AC Milan versus Manchester United. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna probably watch a little bit of the game, drink a beer, but I ain't gonna say I'm gonna stay there until the bar ends until the game game over and watch. But it's not a bad watch, man. I, I'm not gonna hate on the sport of soccer, especially over in Europe. But uh, it's not a bad but game I don't to watch. Man. But 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 clarify this for me. What what makes it so exciting if one to zero would be like the final score? It, to me, it just seems like a bunch of teasing. They run, they yeah. run around, kicking it, kicking a white and black ball on the ground. Somebody brush by them, don't even touch them, and they fall out like you know they start flopping like NBA players and rolling around on the ground like they just got shot by a sniper or something. Mm-hmm. Well, so, I'll put it what, like this. So what's so yeah. exciting about the game? Like I could now I lived in South America for a while and I went to a soccer game and I would it was fun going to it in person. Because the people in the stands make it fun. That's why I say this game is so boring, is that the fans have to entertain themselves when they're there. And they do a great job. I mean, NFL fans, NBA fans, none of those fans can compare to an international soccer team's fans. And that's because, to me, from my point of view, it's because the, the product on the field is so damn boring. You just go there, get drunk, get with your mates, act a fool, you know, have all these great chants. And all it be making fun of players and doing all this other stuff because that shit on the field is shit. It's boring as shit. You know what I mean? That's at least that's from my point of view. All right, Chuck, man. You know, like I said, man. Nick, oh no, no. My question is, what? what why is it so exciting? Why is it so exciting to you? Well, it's just a couple aspects of the uh, soccer game that I do like. I do like the penalty kicks. Um, that's pretty interesting to watch, man. Um, you know, you got four or five guys lined up, a little bit more than that, um, lining up to try to block this penalty kick. I mean, they can't put their hands up, but, you know, they can, you know, put their heads up, jump up, try to headbutt the ball or whatever. So I kind of like that penalty kick, and I do like the corner kicks, man, because the corner kicks is, you know, you're in the corner kicking that ball far. Like I said, I don't know all the dimensions of the field and how far they're kicking the ball. But the corner kick is pretty interesting as well. But that's enough about soccer, man, because it's the Neek and Chuck Pro Football Talk Show. New fans that are tuning in right now. Chuck and I, we go on our little rants every now and then. But just sit back and listen. Don't don't, don't touch that dial, okay? All right, so Chuck, you know, Tuesday, actually yesterday, was the deadline for the NFL trade deadline. And as usual, there's a lot of hype, but nothing really gets done. 
But there was actually one trade that went down. Actually, actually there was two. I'm going to give the little, little trade. And that was uh, former second-round corner um, Jonathan Banks, man, got traded from the uh, Bucks for a second-round pick. Um, you know, so, yeah, he went to the Lions. Um, not much to say about that. I did hear what Jonathan Banks came out and said. He's trying to blame it on the Bucks coaching staff saying uh, he blames them for his failure play uh, the last couple seasons, and that's why he's been pretty bad. So he blames the Bucks coaching staff on his bad play. So, yeah, with that being said, you know how me you feel about that dumbass comment. We ain't got nothing to say. That's why we keep it moving on. <laughs> and then the Cleveland Browns, the Browns, the Browns, Browns, Browns. Who would have thought? Browns went out and trade. Yeah, do the Browns. Yeah, come on now. Do the Browns. Nah. <laughs> But who would have thought, man, the desperate Browns who are facing 0-8, pretty much they're facing an 0-16 season, went out and made a trade. They actually gave up one of their third-round draft picks next year for outside linebacker slash defense end. He plays all over the field. Jamie Collins, who was viewed as to some people as an upcoming superstar, 27 years old, actually have had a solid, good career in New England, went to Pro Bowl um, a couple times, but he's a solid player. But the Browns, they felt like we had to give up and make a move for this guy because here's the funny thing about Jamie Collins. Uh, The Patriots, when they usually make a move like this, they do it the Patriot way or Bill Belichick way. So Jamie Collins, from the word on the street, is that he was asking for $12 million a year, which is so-called translation, a.k.a. Von Miller money. And you got to keep in mind that Jamie Collins does not own no Von Miller level. So this guy, actually, I think he needs to be drug tested once again because he is tripping because he's talking about he's seeking some $12 million a year. So the Patriots said, you know what, Bill Belichick said, what, what? So you know what, let's just go ahead and move on from this guy. We thank you for your contributions to our New England Patriots team over the last few years. But you know what, man, I'm sorry, you're not a $12 million a year type of player. We don't see you like that on our defense because you're not the leader of our defense because we have other guys that contribute like my man Dante Hightower, who deserves an extension coming up very soon. So with that being said, Chuck, let me ask you this question. What are the Browns doing here? Do you think this was a good move? And you got to keep in mind, it's eight games left in the season. So is this an eight-game rental, or is this an evaluation to see how this player does, and is he worth getting a long-term contract extension? Well, at first look, you would think that this was an outstanding trade for the Cleveland Browns, and you scratch your head like, what the hell are the New England Patriots doing? But then as you dig deeper and you find out, the so-called alleged reasons that the the Patriots departed with Jamie Collins in being more than the being more than the amount of money he's asking for, because that's one aspect. Yeah, we've had plenty of um, instances in the past and situations in the past where a player is asking for more money than what they're clearly worth. And that's what's going on with Jamie Collins. How in the hell do you think you should even get close to Von Miller's money when you, when in your entire career you have ten and a half sacks, which is what Von Miller has done more than once in one year, and you got the nerve to say you deserve that dude's type of money? Get out of here with that with that nonsense, you know. But that's one issue, and the second issue is the fact that this dude is they so called freelancing on the field. You know, he think he thinks he's Lawrence Taylor. He thinks he can go out there and within the scheme 
of the defense, whatever defense scheme is, he can go out there and do whatever he wants to, depending on what he sees, you know, and using quote unquote football instincts to try to make a play. That don't fly with no Bill Belichick. Because first of all, unless you're Lawrence Taylor, because first of all, Bill Belichick is coach Lawrence Taylor, you know, so he knows what a Hall of Famer football instincts driven player is like. And apparently he doesn't see that in Jamie Collins. You know, so Jamie Collins going out there doing whatever he wants to, breaking the defense down, allowing big plays to happen. Um, it was time for him to go because throughout this season, we've had question marks about that Patriots defense. And now that this thing is coming to surface, that this dude is out here doing what he wants to, not fitting into the scheme, giving up these big plays, giving up these big runs and uh, uh, not doing his not doing his job, which is the Patriots way. Do your job. Um, now we can see why this trade is starting to, the balance of this trade is starting to tilt a little bit in favor of the Patriots. And they had, the Patriots got rid of this dude and they got something out of him before he left via free agency and got overpaid by another team. Now with these details, you look at the Cleveland Browns side, you like, okay, it's not even looking as good as it was initially that the Browns is getting this dude who don't listen to his coaches, a hall of fame coach, the best coach, We've had, I won't say he's the all-time greatest coach, but he is in the top five, hands down. Bill he's pretty damn good, Chuck. Yep, he's pretty, top five is pretty damn good. Nick. And second of all, on a winning team that has your returning Hall of Fame quarterback who pissed off, it came back to piss on the league, piss on Roger Goodell, and win the Super Bowl ring. And now you with a team that's 0-8 who will be lucky Lucky if they win three games this year. I don't see it. I mean, you, you and I talked about this earlier this week, Nick. I, I can't see three wins uh, the rest of the season. So it's a good chance this team will go 0-16. Um, and they only have him for these eight games. And you are betting that you will have the ability that you convince him to resign with you. So basically, you don't know. It's 50-50. So you just gave up a potential third-round compensatory pick or a fourth-round pick. Let's just say a fourth-round pick because we don't know if they're going to get that third-round pick yet. So let's say you gave up a fourth-round pick for rent a dude for eight games where you have no idea if you'd be able to assign, re-sign him. So with that said, this trade ain't looking as good as I initially because with a fourth-round pick, you should get a solid starter. You know, fourth-round pick, you should get a solid starter. He may not start his first year. He may not start his second year. But somewhere during his career – a fourth round pick should be a solid starter yeah, for your third, team. Third so you round, just gave up. You know, but that's what I'm saying. Is the third yeah, round yeah. is based on if the Cleveland Browns get a compensatory pick, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so, uh, so we don't know yet if they're going to get that third round pick. You know, so I'm just saying it's a fourth round pick right now because I don't know if they're going to get that third. <laughs> if they get that third, that's even that's even worse. You know, they lose a third mm-hmm. round pick. Yeah, you know I mean, so. Whatever the case is, you just lost a potential, you know, potential starter for a dude that's supposed to be very talented, but he don't listen to his coaches. I mean, mm. so what's the – I mean, so I so I don't get it. So um, so looking at this now, you got this dude for eight games. My instincts is that he's not going to sign with the Browns unless the Browns give him Von Miller money. It ain't no other team. No other team in their right mind is going to give Jamie Collins Von Miller money. But the Browns is stupid enough to do that. 
I see him stand, or if they get close to that, I see him stand. Uh, but they will grossly overpay for this dude, and once he get that money, he gonna do whatever the hell he continue to do whatever the hell he wants. Mm. So, yeah. so basically, what I'm saying is, this trade ain't as rosy as it seems. And with all these details and thinking, and the more I think about it, I like this trade less and less for the Browns. Yep. And then fans, when it's all said and done in a few years from now, we can sit back and say the Browns did good or the Browns did this. He chose poorly. <laughs> yeah, Sashi Brown and the Browns organization. You guys might be saying in a few years, we chose poorly. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, with that being said, you already know what time it is, fans. It's time for Neek's favorite award show, favorite award part of the show, man. It's called that Dub You Gotta Award. Oh, I love saying it like that. Gotta, you hear me? Because mm, it's called Who Gave Up That Ass? And we about to give up that ass. This what happens. Step aside, book. Mm, step aside, Butch, however you want to take it. <laughs> so with that being said, who gave up that ass award goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars, man. I got to give it to the Jags, man, because that Thursday night performance against the Titans last week was pretty damn pathetic. You mean to tell me that these Tennessee Titans, we know they're not an explosive offense whatsoever, but you mean to tell me against the Jaguars, who I was riding bandwagon before the season started, I sure was, man, because I was sitting there saying, yeah, they're a bunch of little babies, but they got that perfect formula of milk that's going to help them grow up this year, 2016, but I was wrong because that milk needs to be recalled. Yeah, because these Jaguars have not grown up. They're looking pretty pathetic out there, and the Titans, like I said, man, they gained a season high, 494 total yards. We talking about the Tennessee Titans offense. We talking about a malarkey Titans offense, man. You know what I'm saying? Seriously. And the score was 27-0 at halftime. I think the Jags only had 60 total yards. I mean, that's ridiculous and that's embarrassing. So, for week nine, who gave up that ass award goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm, there it is. All right, with that being said, let's, let's step into this week's games. Chuck, you know we got another Thursday night game coming around uh, tomorrow night. We just had a stinker last Thursday night. I'm looking at this schedule for tomorrow, this game. I'm not too excited about it. I mean, you have the Atlanta Falcons coming in at 5-3, traveling down to tough Tampa Bay to take on these 3-4 and four Buccaneers. And we saw that they last week against the Raiders. If you look at the total yards, man, it was it was an embarrassing performance for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think the Raiders had 640 yards, total yards, and the Bucks only had like 200. I mean, yeah, it was pretty much an ass whipping, but not in the scoreboard column. But, yeah. So, that being said, this game, uh, we're featuring, though, Tevin Coleman. He's not going to be playing this game for the Falcons. Um, so, it's going to be a lot of uh, Devontae Freeman. Hopefully they can run the ball with Devontae Freeman because last week he only had 11 carries, 35 yards. And my boy Julio Jones, man, coming off a disappointing game last week, only had three catches for 29 yards. But your boy, Muhammad Sanu, stepped up with nine catches last week. And for Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man, Winston, he's got to be on point. I mean, he's got to show some more accuracy. He's got to be efficient in this game. I love what they have. My boy, Con Alexander, who had 14 tackles last week. Mike Evans, he should have a good game, a bounce-back game against this uh, uh, Falcons secondary going up against Trufant. I know Trufant's a shorter corner, so Winston should 
be throwing a lot of jump balls, and he should be winning those one-on-one battles. But with that being said, I got to take the Falcons, man. I just don't trust the Bucks, man. They're just like Evans' show, and that's pretty much it. No Jaquez no Rogers in this game. He's out for this game. No Doug Martin. He's out. So, I mean, I'm looking like who they going to be have running the ball. So, with that being said, I'm taking the Falcons in this game 23-14. Yeah, division games are always tough. Um, first game of the season, the Bucks beat Atlanta. Uh, it was only a one-touchdown game, but nonetheless, they still won. I mean, your boy Winston threw four touchdowns. He was on point, first game of the year. Um, but in the end, that was in Atlanta, and this game is in Tampa Bay. So I kind of want to pick the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just to, just to be different. But I'm like unique. I mean, Winston ain't been looking all that great recently. Um, and then on the Atlanta side of the ball, Vic Beasley is getting better and better each game. Um, so I just see that pass rush, man, maybe being able to uh, discombobulate. I don't even know if I applied that word correctly to this particular sentence, but I'm looking for Vic Beasley to uh, um, do some damage in that backfield. So with that said, I might have to go with the Atlanta Falcons in this one, but I won't be surprised if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers put up a great game and win by maybe a field goal or something. All right. Let's move on to Cleveland. Well, right now, the Chicago Cubs scored another run, so it's 63. I'm just giving an update in the World Series. Game 7 supposed to be epic Game 7. But this Sunday in Cleveland, you got the Cowboys coming on into town, riding on in on that hot horse. They are 6-1 and one on the season, and they have one of the best rookies and probably is going to win the rookie of the year in Ezekiel Elliott. And guess what? Ezekiel Elliott, he's got to be smiling right now because you know why? The Browns have the 32nd-ranked defense, the worst defense <laughs> in the league. So Ezekiel Elliott, he probably smacking took it like, oh, I can't wait to hit that left hole. Mm, I can't wait to hit that right hole. Oh, I can't wait to run a counter, a dive. Oh, shit, you might just give me a pitch as well. Because <laughs> it's going to be field day on this Browns defense. And, and for some reason, man, you know I can't stand the Cowboys. I can't stand them because I'm a Giants and I'm a Raiders fan and I'm down here in Dallas. But I would love for these Browns to put an upset in this game. And if they have a chance. Corey Coleman returns. The rookie explosive wide receiver makes his return coming off that broken hand. So, hey, McCown's looking like he's going to be the starter again. You have Coleman, you have Pryor. So, that's a little bit more in that passing game. But, man, that Browns defense, I just don't trust them. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I know the Cowboys are banged up Barry Church out for a month. Your boy Morris Claiborne, he's going to be out for a few weeks as well. So, they're banged up in that secondary. So, if the Browns have a shot, McCown, last year you had that 500-yard pass, passing game, and you had a 450-yard game before that. So, come on, man. This is the week to do it on this Cowboys. Come on, man. Come on, Joshie. Come on, McCown, boy. So, that being said, I want to take the Browns, but I just can't do it because the Cowboys going to run all over these nah, Browns. Nah, I'm nah, taking nah, the Cowboys nah, nah, blow nah, 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 nah. Have some huevos. Wavos, you want me to have man. some wavos? You know what? You yeah. want me to have some balls? You want me to have my balls? Okay, I got you. Yeah. I got you. I got you. I got you. I'm going out on a limb. You know what? F that. Forget that. Let's go Browns. I'm taking the Browns in this game to get their first victory in the upset. Because you know right now, everybody in Vegas is saying, ah, man, Cowboys going to blow them Browns out. And that's funny because I've been thinking that in some of these games as well. I'm like, man, this team going to get blown out. Guess what happens? It's, it, they don't. It's a shocker. So, Man, all right, I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going Browns, man. I'm going to ride with the Browns, but Cowboys probably going to win. 
Yeah, I set you up for that one because ain't no nah, way in hell the Cleveland Browns. Ain't no way in hell the Cleveland Browns gonna win this game. If the Cleveland Browns win this game, I'm going out and buying water filters and and, and spam and and bean canned beans because the end of the world coming. Because I, this Browns team, even with the McCowboy back on offense, yes, their offense is 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 a little bit better with him on the field, but. Like you mentioned, that defense is horrendous. And ain't no way if McCown boy played out of his mind, ain't no way he would be able to score enough points to keep up with the Cowboys. Because like you said, Ezekiel Elliott is smacking like like he eat barbecue ribs and just licking that soft off sauce off his fingers because he's like, mm, I'm getting 200 yards today. Because I, I, I'm seeing Ezekiel Elliott getting his first 200-yard game of his career. He might – halfway through the season, have mm-hmm. a 1,000 yards after playing these Cleveland Browns because I think they just going to run all over them. And the only way they don't is if the Cowboys coaches are dumb enough to try to throw the ball around everywhere. You just need to keep pounding. Ezekiel Elliott, he a young dude. He can take the pounding, and they're going to run all over these Browns. So I got to go with them Dallas Cowboys. All right. Jacksonville Jaguars head on in to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm telling you right now, man, that AFC West, man, that's a loaded division, man. They got probably the three best teams besides the Patriots in the AFC Conference in that AFC West division. And I'm telling you right now, man, your boy Bortles, his game last week was a little too horrible last week, and he struggled. And it's going to be the same thing again because you know why? Uh, Coach, his game was a little too horrible. He need to get cut. Yep, that's what them Jazz fans are going to be saying this week. Them fans going to be like, you know what, let's cut his ass. Oh, man, I'm telling you, Borders going to struggle again against these Chiefs, man. We saw what Andrew Luck did last week. He struggled against this Chiefs defense, and this is not the week to do it, man, Borders, man. And, and I hate to say it, you probably see in the fourth quarter, Borders probably going to the fourth quarter about 110 passing yards. And then he'll probably pick up another 100 yards in the fourth quarter in garbage time because that's what happened last week. He ended up having 330 passing yards because basically those are called garbage time stats. And that's probably what's going to happen in this game. So, with that being said, man, I'm taking the Chiefs, man. Alex Smith won't be playing again this week. He's in concussion protocol, didn't pass. So, Nick Foles. Nick Foles was actually pretty solid last week, 223 yards, two touchdowns. And they have a new secret weapon on offense. It's my man Tyreek Hill from Oklahoma State, the rookie wide receiver. Actually had a solid game last week, five catches. Yeah, yes, he's got that speed. And, yeah, Prince of Macamore, you're in trouble this week, man. <laughs> I'm just calling you out right now. <laughs> you're in trouble this week. So, that being said, I'm taking the Chiefs, man, 31 to 10. Yeah, I can't. I can't throw in the white towel on Blake Bortles just yet. I mean, I'm going to try to ride with him to the end of the season, and I might even give him an opportunity next year because, yes, he's looking horrible out there. Yes, his numbers in production are terrible. He's only completing 60% of his passes, 12 touchdowns. I mean, almost as many interceptions with nine. Yes, he looks pretty bad out there, but – you have to take in the whole situation. He doesn't have a running game. His offensive line is horrendous. I mean, I know Kelvin Beecham is, is injured right now. I, I, I mean, I don't know how much he played on the last game. But like I've said, basically every week, when you got Kelvin Beecham starting on your offensive line, you in piss poor shape anyway. So if you could get this dude a better line and a better running game, I think Blake Bortles has the tools 
to be a productive quarterback in this league. And right now, but Chuck, man, he, Chuck, man, they yeah. went and paid six, seven million dollars for Chris Ivory, and they have T.J. Yeldon. They have the pieces in the running game. The bottom line is the offensive line stinks, and the second yeah. second thing is his mechanics are off, man. He doesn't see the field properly, man. He doesn't have a good. But when you run it for game, your man. life. When you run it for your life, how can you think properly? Yeah, I mean that's that's, that's kind of the point I was trying to get to is yeah. that yeah. he doesn't have the support that he needs. When you out there, yeah. Andrew, you can't compare Andrew Luck to this dude because Andrew Luck is a a linebacker playing quarterback. You know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. a he's a you know he's a unicorn. You know what I mean now? But that doesn't mean that Blake Bortles can't be a good good quarterback with a functional offensive line. Andrew Luck ain't got no line, but he's still putting up nerves because he's a unicorn. Blake Bortles ain't got to be a unicorn. He can still be a great, a very good starter in his league. He just needs a line. And then once you have a line, you get a running game, which is a quarterback's best friend. And I think if he had those two things, he would be okay. You know, now your boy in your boy in, with the Miami Dolphins, he's had some of those elements. His offensive line ain't that great, you know. His running game ain't that great, but I done seen enough out of him where I could just give up on him. But Blake Bortles, I can't give up on him just yet. Just yet. Like, just give him a a reasonable offensive line. So I might have to ride with him beginning next year, but if they don't fix that line, they just throwing this guy's career away. All right, but big shout-out to my boy Jay Ajayi in Miami. Back-to-back 200-yard rushing games. And that offensive line, the Chuck said he's not sold on in Miami. They have opened up holes for him. So, that being said, let's move. I ain't say right. I went sold on him. I ain't say I went sold on him. My point was I was trying to make is that uh, what's the I forgot the what's the Dolphins quarterback name Tannehill. again? Uh, Tannehill. Tannehill. Yeah, I would just make trying to make the point that Tannehill has the things Blake Bortles needs, and Tannehill still ain't delivering. If right. you switch out, I believe if you switched out Blake Bortles and Tannehill, my Dolphins would be a much better team. <laughs> All right. All right. Stinker game of the week, man. This is what I call leave the house, get your chores done, run errands, whatever. New Orleans Saints coming on in, taking on these San Francisco 49ers. And 49ers right now, they're pretty much focused on the 2017 draft, and they're already looking at the offseason right now. Who can we cut? Who can we sign? There it is, blah, blah, blah. So with that being said, you got Drew Brees going up against Kaepernick. I'm taking the Saints. But here's the thing. The 49ers do play pretty good at home. So they might make a game of it, keep it close for a little bit. They need a pound, Carlos Hyde, Kaepernick, let him get out the pocket, let him run with his legs, blah, blah, blah. Saints really don't have the playmakers on defense like that. But they should just realize and be the focal point that Colin Kaepernick keep his ass in the pocket. Don't let him contain him in the pocket. Don't let him be running around and stuff because that's where he's most dangerous at. But with that being said, man, you got Drew Brees versus Kaepernick. I'm going with Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Yeah, I'm going with Brees too. Saints beat Seattle last week, so I can't. You can't go from beating Seattle to losing to the 49ers. Right. All right. Carolina Panthers. Man, they had a bye the week before last, and came out that bye, and they finally got their defense together. I mean, I was shocked. I seen the defense. Man, had eight sacks. Three and a half on my boy, uh, Star Latulier. He had three and a half sacks, and the team as a whole had eight sacks, man. Eight sacks on these Cardinals. And like I said, man, you know, 
If the Carolina front seven can bring pressure like that, they can beat anybody. They can be that team that they were last year. They can definitely do that. We saw what they did against the Cardinals, shut them down last week. But here's the problem I have, man. Quit trying to have Cam Newton run the ball, man, because this kid is going to get hurt. I'm telling you, he has seven carries for 43 yards. He got Jonathan Stewart, who had 25 carries for 95 yards and two touchdowns. But stop running Cam, man. If you want Cam to be Super Cam, Superman, and all that, I mean, quit running him. He's not going to be it no more. Seriously, just stop running him. And for the Rams, man, what's going on with Gurley? Can you give Gurley some more carries, man? Give him the rock. They need to give Gurley. If you get, if the Panthers are giving Stewart 25 carries, Gurley needs 25-plus or maybe 30 or more. Seriously, man. He's only got 403 yards rushing on the season. With that being said, it, man, I'm telling you, the Rams' offense line is pretty bad. They're worse than the Cardinals' offense line. So, with that being said, I think the Panthers, they if they can do what they did last week, let's just say half half. Let's say have four sacks against his Rams' defense, they'll win this game. So, with that being said, I'm taking the Panthers 24-16. I'll have to disagree with you, Nick, on the Cam Newton thing. I don't think they're running him enough because throughout his entire career, he's not run less than 500 yards. I mean, his rookie season, he had 706, his sophomore season, 741. And that's just part of his game. That's who he is as a quarterback. And this year so far, he only has 191 yards rushing. You know, I mean, he, he, every year he puts up at least five rushing touchdowns. So far this year, he only has three. That's part of his game. I think part of the reason besides that, last year was an anomaly that they've had a bad record this year is because Cam Newton is not being used as effectively as he's been used in the past and like last year. So I think they need to run him more. If they run, uh, if they run him like they're supposed to and get him back playing the way Cam should play, I'm going to rock with the Carolina Panthers. All right. Ten minutes left. All right. Tennessee Titans 4-4 four and four against the San Diego Chargers, who are 3-5. and five. I'm telling you, man, this is a slugfest right here. It's going to be a lot of blood left on this field, man, because both defenses are very physical, especially in their front seven. Uh, Mariota, man, he had his best game of his career last week, 18-22 for 270 yards. Murray, close to 1,000 yards on the season. Kendall Wright resurrected his career. And we already know about the charge with Phillip Rivers, but the key injury to keep your eye on, Travis Benjamin, who just had a little knee scope. So I don't know if he's going to be available playing this game. With that being said, man, I like this Titans team, man. I, I love their front seven. I love their physicality. I love they, they have one of the best young uh, uh, tackle duels in the league and Taylor Luan and Jack Conklin, man. I love what they're doing. So with that being said, man, just pound murder this game. You, you should be able to win this game. I'm taking the Titans in the close one, 27-24. Yeah, I'm going to go with it. I agree with that. I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans in this one. All right. Indianapolis Colts at the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> Woo. Oh, man. I, I got to laugh about this because Andrew Luck was running for his life last week, right? They they uh, 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 they sacked him. The Chiefs sacked him six times. So this game, he's going against the Packers, who are hungry on defense. Clay Matthews should be fully healthy for this game. That being said, man, Colts secondary cannot cover these uh, – Packers wide receivers, man. Nelson had a big game last week. Devontae Allen had 12 catches. Gore, only nine carries. Really, man? You think you're going to beat the Chiefs with nine carries giving Gore that? Nah, man. They need to give Gore about 20 carries, let the man pound the ball, control the clock. With that being said, it's in Green Bay. Man, Green Bay's front seven, they about to get after luck. They probably going to sack him five, six times as well. So I'm taking the Packers in this game, 35-24. Yeah, I'm rolling with the Packers as well. And like I said last week, why is everybody saying something's wrong with Aaron Rodgers? 
I mean, the dude, they put up 32 points last week. When you put up 32 points, you're supposed to win the game, you know, unless you got a terrible defense uh, or a defense that didn't show up for that game, which they didn't last game. So I'm looking for them to show up this game. I think Aaron Rodgers is just fine. Complete 64% of of his passes, um, 17 touchdowns, four interceptions. Ain't nothing wrong with dude. They just need to play some defense. All right, Miami Dolphins bringing in their three and four record to the Meadowlands to take on the New York Jets, 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 Jets who are three and five. Win loser of this game is pretty much like this: they're in trouble. It is trouble. You're out of the playoffs. I mean, me and Chuck, we both kind of feel Dolphins Jets ain't going nowhere anyway. But yeah, losing this game, you're pretty much done. Jets, man, you're gonna get a whole lot of a jaw coming at y'all ass this week, man. So y'all better get ready, try to stop that running game. And then for the Dolphins, man, there's not too much worry about the Jets' offense, man. It's pretty much stinks. I mean, just shut down Marshall. I mean, actually, your boy Brian Maxwell has played pretty decent the last couple games. But just try to shut down Marshall, and that's pretty much it. I mean, I don't see Forte running on this Dolphins uh, front seven, man. So, with that being said, I'm going to take the Dolphins in this one, 24-21. This is actually a game I'm looking forward to. Like, I am really looking forward to it, and that's because – Right now, the Miami Dolphins are hot. I mean, they're, they're coming in, winning two games in a row. I mean, they beat Buffalo, they beat Pittsburgh, um, and the New York Jets. Ryan Fitzpatrick has reclaimed his role as starting quarterback. As y'all saw last week, he's out there to prove that he deserves to be the quarterback, um, especially, you know, with that run he had. And he got he took that hit and his helmet went flying over from the sideline. That's how you win support from your teammates when they see you out there hustling your ass off. So I see these – both of these teams coming in to put up a hell of a fight. And I think this is going to be a good game. Um, and I'm going to have to roll with the Jets. All right. NFC East showdown between the Philadelphia Eagles and my New York Giants. I'm going to tell you like this, man. If we can open up that damn playbook, man, because our head coach is supposed to be that offense coordinator guru. Last year, Eli Manning was on point. But this year, this man is being a head coach and trying to call plays. He's getting a little confused. So right now, our offense is so damn predictable. A bunch of outs, a bunch of curls, nothing big, nothing deep, nothing going on like that. So with that being said, if we don't open up the ball, uh, open up the playbook, throw the ball deep down the field, get some posts, you know, or deep bombs, whatever, uh, we should win this game. But if not, Ben Wackadoo, that's what I'm calling him. That's what my buddies from New York and New Jersey and, and uh, Joe's Bar and Grill were saying they was calling him Wackadoo, and I like that name because I'm going to start calling him Wackadoo if we don't do nothing, come out here from the bye week and, and show some fight on offense. But with that being said, if it, if we do open up the playbook, we'll win this game. If we don't, we're going to lose. I believe in Carson Wentz, and so I got to roll with the Philadelphia Eagles. All right. Let's see here. Uh, Monday night football, man. I, I I was actually trying to figure out who plays Monday night football. Then I looked at the schedule. I said, what? The Bills? The Bills on Monday night against the Seattle Seahawks? Hmm, that don't really seem like a Monday night football game. But, hey, the Buffalo Bills coming in here 4-4 four and four against the Seattle Seahawks, who are 4-2-1. and one. And let's put it like this, man. The Buffalo Bills front seven who is led by the NFL sack leader Lorenzo Alexander, who has basically been a special team ace his whole NFL career, man. I mean, this guy's up in his early 30s, and he leads the NFL in sacks. That's crazy. So the Bills front seven should have a field day against horrible 
Seahawks offensive line. If they don't, they're going to lose this game because we know McCoy, I don't know if he's playing yet. I mean, it's still to be determined. But for the Seahawks, it's very simple, man. Stop the Buffalo Bills running game. Keep Tyrod Taylor's ass in the pocket and force him to throw the ball. So, if that being said, man, Tyrod Taylor can't pass on the Legion of Boom. So, therefore, I'm taking the Seahawks in a close game, 20-14. to 14. Yeah, I think this is going to also be a very good game. Um, I think the NFL probably going to look out on scheduling this game on Monday night because both of these teams are looking to get some get back. I mean, the Seattle Seahawks, they lost to the New Orleans Saints um, last week. It was a close game, but the team like Seattle Seattle should, should, should beat the Saints. I mean, I'm not trying to spit on or, or you know, or diss the Saints in any way. It's just Seattle Seahawks has, you know, the personnel to be, at least on the defensive side of the ball, to um, to have won that game. Yes, the offensive line is, is terrible, and Russell Wilson is out there running for his life. Um, and then the Buffalo Bills, they looking to get some get back because they got embarrassed by the New England Patriots, and you know how Rex Ryan, Rex Ryan don't play that. So they're looking, so they're looking to get some get back this week. So it's going to be a very good game, but you know, it's a far distance from Buffalo to, you know, Seattle. So I'm going to have to go with the home team on this one, so I'm going to go with the Seahawks. All right. Detroit Lions coming in with their 4-4 four and four record, traveling to Minnesota, take on the 5-2 and two Minnesota pissed-off Vikings team. What is going on with the Vikings, man? Monday night football, I was shocked because me and you thought, both thought they were going to blow out the Bears, but that defense got pushed around. They allowed a 200-yard rusher on this defense. Man, so with that being said, I think Zimmer's going to pretty much rip them this whole week, man. I think the Vikings defense is going to bounce back, have a better performance um, for the Lions, man. I mean, they need to be balanced. I mean, I don't know what's going on with their offense, man. They're trying to throw the ball all over the place. You got Theo Riddick. He only had 11 carries last week. So they need to be balanced on offense. But with that being said, man, this is hard to call, man, because I'm just looking at the Vikings and that offensive line. They can't block anybody. Jake Long trying to come back and thought he was going to resurrect his info career. No, he's pretty much done. So with that being said, man, I'm just going to go out on a limb. I'm going to take the Vikings in this game because I just think I like their defense better. I think they'll have a better defense to show them. Yeah, man, like you said, this is a tough one. And I don't know what's going on in Minnesota because, like you said, that defense should have done better against the Bears. But it's Norv Turner who who quit, you know, who just resigned this week. And the offense should have did offense should have did better. Uh, I mean, they only put up 10 points, but neat, like you mentioned in the past, this Bears front is, is pretty damn good. You know, so North Turner, uh, yeah, your offense is, is second second to last in the league, but you lost your starting running back, your Pro Bowl running back. You lost your franchise quarterback. You brought in this fragile dude off the Mr. Glass off the street um, to play quarterback, and he's led you to five and two. So it must be something going on internal there that, uh, you know, Mike Zimmer was like, hey, bro, you need to bow gracefully and we're going to bring in, some, you know, we're going to bring in somebody else. And Minerva Turner was like, all right, as long as y'all pay me, I'm out. So, um, but like you said, that defense, it was shocking last week what they did against the Bears. I think they're going to be able to retool and they're going to come back in Detroit and let Detroit know what's up. So I'm going to have to go with the Minnesota Vikings in this one. All right, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, I don't know who to pick in this game. All I'm going to say is this, Jarvis Jones, James Harrison, Ryan Shazier, Lawrence Timmons, 
all you guys need to raise your level of play, man. Seriously, step up, man, because y'all defense, man, it looking terrible. And for the Steelers, who knows if Big Ben's going to play. If he's going to play, I'm taking them because I don't trust uh, Captain Checkdown, check Joe Flacco, because right now he only has five touchdowns, six picks. Yeah, Flacco was struggling pretty bad. So with that being said, man, this is going to be a tough, close game, AFC North battle, but I'm going to go with the Steelers in this game, 17-10. to 10. And just because you went with the Steelers, I'm going to go with the Ravens for no other reason but that. <laughs> All right, game of the week. Man, boy, what you know about my Raiders? Yes, yes, yes. AFC West clash battle for first place is on the line. Between the Denver Broncos, Oakland Raiders, man. Keys for the Raiders, like I said, Khalil Mack, just continue wreck havoc. Derek Carr, um, there's a lot of trash talking there. Broncos secondary, don't think you guys can throw on them. But I think they can. Um, it's all about matchups. If they move Cooper around, get Seth Roberts the ball a little bit more, and they need to pound Latavius Murray. But with that being said, I'm going my Raiders at home, close game, 24-21. All I got to say is just win, baby. <laughs> yeah, all right, there it is. And on that note, hope you guys enjoyed our show. Cleveland Indians fans, yeah, it's still a close game right now. Game's almost over going into the eighth inning. That being said, congratulations to the Cubs or the Indians, but I th- we think the Cubs probably going to win this game. That being said, Neek and Chuck, if you missed the show live, always go to iTunes and look for the Neek and Chuck Pro Football Talk Show, and we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>